Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Webmasterradio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. And welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, an article by Eric Sass around Hispanics and social apps. And this is all brand new information to me. Hopefully, it will be new information to you as well. But Eric compiled a lot of studies looking at Latinos and how they consume apps. And what he found was that Hispanics are one of the largest consumers of apps in the entire country. In fact, according to the Latinum Network, um, this is a new survey of more than 1,000 Hispanics, 58% of those surveyed said that social media apps are their third most used type of app, second only to gaming and messaging. And 75% of them are likely to recommend that app to a friend or family. In fact, referrals is how most Hispanics learn of apps, uh, word of mouth. Otherwise, they're on the app store downloading what looks interesting. The most popular mobile app is Facebook. And according to the Pew Research Center Internet Project released in February, 80%, that's 80%, of all U.S. Hispanic adults use social media compared to 72% for the country overall, with Facebook, Twitter, and similar platforms being the most popular. Uh, In fact, most Hispanics, more than 69%, use social media once a day, which again is higher than non-Hispanics. And they're also likely to follow companies and brands on social media above and beyond non-Hispanics as well. Um, when it comes to using coupons on social media sites, according to Valisas, which is a study that came out in November, 69% of Hispanics say that they'll do so as well. So if you are attempting to intersect with the Hispanic population, as Hispanic consumers specifically, social apps is a terrific way to do so, um, especially if you're um, wanting them to also spread the word to friends and family. Our purse profile today is the Gucci girl. She's a single woman in her late 20s to early 30s, a higher income, around $91,000, working full-time, no kids, uh, all college grads and single, very fashion conscious. In fact, many of them do keep up with fashion from fashion magazines that they, they read. They're always buying the latest fashions each and every season, and they'll, they'll change up what they're wearing based on just novelty and the fact that they can. They want to be among their friends to try the newest styles. 
and to shop a new store. They like the idea of just shopping even if they don't go out to buy anything. And they like to make uh, a statement. They like to stand out in a crowd and be considered unique. Um, not only in what they're wearing, but what they're driving. Their car, they say, should express their personality as well. They're very career-oriented, wanting to get the top of their career, um, and they consider themselves socialites. So what brands are they shopping at? Nordstrom's is one of them, Neiman Marcus, Banana Republic um, are just a few. They're driving uh, Infinity and Mercedes, Jeep and Nissan are among their favorites. Um, they're wearing Gucci, hence their name Gucci Girl, uh, Kenneth Cole, Calvin Klein, Chanel, um, are among their top designers. Where can you intersect with them? Uh, well, they're reading a lot of magazines, as you can imagine, like Glamour and Cosmo, Vogue, Self, Entertainment Weekly, and Shape. They're online quite a bit as well, as well as watching cable like Lifetime and HGTV and TLC are all extremely big with this group. Well, my I guess today knows a lot about millennials, which our Gucci girl would fall into. Mary Lee Bliss is a trends editor and strategic consultant for Y-Pulse. Y-Pulse is based in New York, and it's the leading authority on millennials. And millennials, as we know, are tweens, teens, young adults up to age 32, 35, depending on who you ask. So we'll ask Mary Lee for her definition of millennials here in a minute. Um, their intelligence is derived from their relationships with 2 million millennials across their two communities. SurveyU is a traditional online research panel, and Thumb is a mobile social Q&A network. We're going to hear from Mary Lee on a number of topics surrounding millennials, specifically millennial women. So stick around more from Mary Lee from Why Pulse when Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Purse Strings will be right back at a word from our advertisers. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, 
us. Let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Jim Hedger and Dave Davies bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Webcology, on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate Internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcast at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like SEO 101, Affiliate Buds, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Download it from the iTunes app store or the google play store today her strings is back with the inside track on today's women once again here's maria retan Welcome back to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Today I'm talking with Mary Lee Bliss. She's the Trends Editor and Strategic Consultant at Y-Pulse, which is a leading authority on millennials. In fact, they have direct relationships with 2 million millennials. Mary Lee, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, first, before we dive into in all the data and everything, tell everybody about Y-Pulse and what you do there and what the company offers. Absolutely. So Y-Pulse is uh, the leading market research firm uh, that focuses completely on millennials. So we do a lot of proprietary research, um, both quantitative and qualitative, um, delving into the millennial consumer group, figuring out how brands should be, reaching out to them, talking to them, and just understanding the generation. And then we also provide um, a lot of different tools on a subscription to YPulse.com that allows people to uh, explore data, have a constant feed of insights um, on a daily basis, quarterly reports, uh, biweekly data and top lines. Um, that really give a deep look at millennials and who they are and what they're going through right now so that you can better understand them. Yes, you have a, a wealth of data. And in fact, um, the way you came into um, kind of my awareness was through a Media Post article that you had written. It was about millennials. It was also about hashtags, which I thought was interesting. That caught my eye. And the fact that hashtags, the growth of that is quite phenomenal. Um, why, in your opinion, have they taken off the way they have? And I'm sure millennials are driving that. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. They are, um, you know, millennials are kind of the hub of a lot of the trends that come out of social media and hashtags kind of fulfill a few things that millennials need in social media. One is that they help them filter through things. They actually act as a search tool so that they can filter through all of the stuff that is out there because millennials live in a world where they're bombarded by media and they participate in it and they're happy to be a part of it. But at the same time, sometimes they need tools in order to filter through kind of the, you know, millions and millions of pieces of data and information and media that are out there. So that's the first thing that hashtags have done that have made them incredibly popular. If you put a hashtag, um, hashtag from where I stand is a popular hashtag on, on Instagram. If you look at all of those, you see a commonality, a common thread. And that's the second thing that hashtags are able to do that is really um, what millennials are looking for out of social media, which is participatory conversation. They allow a conversation and creativity to be displayed um, and a conversation to be, really be uh, pushed forward. Um, Involving people and, you know, usually millennials, but often other generations as well now, um, from all over the world. You don't have to be standing next to each other to uh, be a part of this conversation and uh, to display your creativity. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because it seems like there's hashtags everywhere you turn. In fact, they've become quite the butt of a lot of jokes. I mean, The Tonight Show has its <laughs> hashtag. I love that, that hashtag. They're talking in hashtags. It just makes yes, me crack every time I see it. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, you talked a lot about that it does have value and that you can see what's trending and people want to be part of that that social connection, if you will. But how why, how should we be using hashtags? What value do they truly bring and how can we best, you know, in general, best utilize them? So it's true. Hashtags are everywhere and it's kind of reached a a little bit of a peak and uh, kind of gone a little bit over the line for some people. (laughs) You know, they're on every commercial that you see, every movie trailer, you know, in magazine ads, and it's almost become a little unnecessary. What we've seen is that brands want to participate in this trend, but it seems like not many of them know exactly the best way to do so. So they'll, you know, put a hashtag in front of their slogan, put it at the end of their commercial and kind of expect people or hope that people will just participate, um, use that hashtag in their own messaging. But what ends up happening is that there's not a lot there as a call to action. There's not a lot there that's going to make the millennial woman who's watching remember that hashtag and actually then use it in her her social conversations. so we've seen a lot of misuse of hashtags, and even though they're everywhere in marketing, um, they're not being used successfully by everyone. And the other thing that you mentioned is, you know, they're part of pop culture conversation, and they've kind of made their way into millennial and entertainment lingo. Um, Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show does a great job because he <laughs> is kind of part of that conversation. Um, he's not a millennial himself, but he definitely exhibits a lot of millennial behavior, and we often sometimes say it's, you know, a mindset, not an age. Um, and he's not really making fun of the use of hashtags. He's saying that he does the same thing. He does this as well. He uses Twitter. He's on and he's a part of it. Um, what we have also seen, though, is the opposite side of that coin, where hashtags are actually used to make fun of people who use them. So there was a subway ad last year that um, kind of was making fun of the social media users by uh, having an actor use hashtags ad nauseum, and it was clear that it was an irritating thing (laughs) that you wouldn't want to be sitting in front of. Um, So we've kind of seen everybody run the gamut, and um, there's still kind of a lot of confusion out there from brands, I think, as to how to use them correctly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so what are the ways to use them correctly? I know a lot of brands are incorporating those hashtags. Um, what, which ones are doing it well and how are they doing it successfully? So I think related to the last thing I said, uh, you know, making fun of the use of hashtags is probably not the best approach. <laughs> if you're trying to get millennials' attention, making fun of them is usually not the best way to do it. No. Um, but there's a lot of brands that are doing a great job in using hashtags. And um, one of the things that we say is, of course, um, offering discounts and giveaways is one way to engage and, and encourage participation in hashtags and, and social media, um, but it's only one of the ways. And there's a lot of other ways that brands can use hashtags to engage their audience, engage millennials, and um, really create a larger conversation that's fun and uh, makes the brand really stand out. So for example, amplifying the creativity of the millennial audience or any audience at all who's using hashtags is a great way to um, put them out there and have it be a, an interactive engagement. So, for example, uh, Seamless around the Oscars uh, started the hashtag, hashtag Oscar nom noms and asked uh, their followers to come up with uh, movie titles, uh, the movies that were nominated, that incorporated food. So someone tweeted in the wolf of Waffle Street and herb <laughs> instead of her. Um, so, you know, fun, silly things. But what uh, Seamless did that was then so smart was not just start this conversation that was participatory and on the social network itself. It wasn't, you know, somewhere in some commercial where you then have to remember it and then jump back to social media. But they actually started creating posters um, that were reflections of all of these different ideas that their followers were tweeting back at them. Um, so they were actually taking that creativity, amplifying it, and sending it back so that the conversation um, was not just one way, and the followers knew that the brand was listening to them and thinking that their idea was funny, and then giving them something back, actually creating a little piece of art for them. Um, so that was one great example that we've seen this year. Um, I think the other thing that brands can do that we often don't see is just play along with the hashtags that are already out there. Um, you don't have to necessarily create your own. If you can find a way to play along with the hashtag that's trending and give it your own brand spin on it. So NBC did a great job around Valentine's Day um, with the hashtag rejected candy hearts. They had a few different shows that tweeted out um, rejected candy heart ideas from the perspective of characters or using lines from a show. Um, so they were participating in a conversation that was already going on, um, but putting their own spin on it. So they were part of that larger social conversation, which is the purpose of hashtags, without forcing anyone into something. Right. They, and making them want to come along with you. I love the rejected candy heart example. I, I remember <laughs> seeing that. I thought that was hilarious. And I'm not it is. clearly not millennial, but even that attracted my attention. So I thought I thought that was a huge home run. Um, yeah. So hashtags, I mean, and it, so if brands can create something that feels authentic, fun, something that's going to bring people along as opposed to kind of shoving it down people's throats. I mean, it's, that's kind of the beauty of it. Um, you know, that's, I guess that's left up to marketers and really smart people to figure out how to, how to do that in an engaging way. But you, you, you know it when you see it. I mean, it's clear. It takes off like wildfire pretty much, doesn't it? When Absolutely. When these things hit and they hit big and they keep going and people just kind of come along for the ride. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that conversation and that engagement um, and that participation is what is so attractive about hashtags. So there's clearly a wealth of opportunity there. Um, but I think brands are still fine-tuning exactly how to tap into that um, and you know, really figuring out the best way to start that conversation. And again, starting it where the consumers are already using this language is probably a great idea. Um, Heineken did a great job with a, a competition they ran during the Tribeca Film Festival where they encouraged um, people on Vine to tweet six-second films at them with the hashtag SixSecFilms. Um, and then on Twitter, they asked for uh, 15 second films because the videos on Twitter can be longer um, with the hashtag 15 second premiere. All of those were taken in as submissions for uh, short films that they would then, the brand would then turn into a longer short. Um, so there was a winner and again they were displaying the creativity and encouraging the creativity of their followers and they were doing it on these two platforms where they knew you know, there was time limitations, but they were playing with that and seeing what people could do with it um, and really playing with the behavior of the users on that platform. Yeah, well, it, thank you for the tips because it's, um, it's interesting to see some brands falling flat and you wonder, huh, why didn't that take off? Well, because it's not, they were not following some of your best practice guides, clearly. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, and therefore it is falling flat. So, uh, but why pulse has its pulse, no pun intended on all things millennials and not only hashtags, which of course it was part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you because I found that to be fascinating, but you know, we're purse strings for a reason and millennial women have a ton, a ton of buying power and they'll continue mm-hmm. to have a uh, huge buying power um, for the rest of their lives. They're the second largest population, if I recall correctly. Um, what social platform is most used by this generation of women? I have to assume Twitter's right up there. Twitter is up there. Um, interestingly, you know, for millennials, the top social network is still Facebook, although the activity there is very different than it used to be. Um, It used to be for millennials that that was where they went to speak to one another. Now that it's open to all ages and become very mainstream among all generations, um, it's where they go to speak to their families and um, to keep tabs on people, but not necessarily um, do things like... uh, send out personal missives um, as much as they used to. So Facebook is still up there with 92% of millennial females saying that they have a Facebook account. Then when we look um, at the differences between males and females, we start to see something interesting. Um, The Facebook numbers are the same for males and females, 92% for both groups. Twitter also, uh, 51% of both males and females uh, millennials are using Twitter. But then when we look at the more visual platforms, that's where millennial females are really controlling the conversation and make up the majority of the population of those, uh, of those user numbers. So for Instagram, 43% of millennial females use Instagram compared to 32% of males. Uh, for Tumblr, which is you know, a very creative community, 32% of millennial females are using that platform compared to 23% of males. And then for Pinterest, the difference is enormous. So 51% of millennial females, the same amount who are using Twitter, 
are using Pinterest compared to just 15% of males who say that they're using it. Um, mm. So the difference there is really enormous. And what we see all of those platforms have in common is that they're visual sharing platforms. And this is something we say of millennials often, that they're an incredibly visual generation. They would prefer to see something rather than read it. Um, they want things to be presented to them in very attractive visuals, and they like to share the visuals that surround them. So they would like to grab little pieces of their life in a visual way and broadcast that, um, preferably put a creative spin on it, like a filter or something else, and put it out there. Um, what we see here when we look at the numbers uh, for millennial females is that that urge and that behavior is even stronger in millennial females than it is in millennial males. And they really are looking for places to communicate visually with one another and to have that visual conversation with one another. Mm-hmm. Well, with one another, which it, in, in every aspect, as you said, every platform almost, women are outpacing men and because, in, in fact, it is a sharing mechanism. And so you say with each other, but that also perhaps with brands, right? I mean, I yes, would imagine absolutely. that they, they're looking to share with brands. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. So millennials, when compared to, say, Gen Xers, are much more open to uh, brand messaging, to having conversations with brands, and to participating in brand creativity and brand uh, marketing themselves. So, you know, speaking on behalf of a brand or speaking to a brand, they're much more open to that than previous generations were. Because brands have always been so, you know, hungry to get millennials on their side, um, so many of them, they really do have a much more open conversation um, with brands than previous generations. And millennial females are absolutely the same. They are very willing to have those conversations with brands on social media, to follow brands um, on Pinterest or elsewhere. And though there's usually some backlash when advertising is introduced to a platform, in general, especially on these visual platforms, if it's done in the right way and gives them something, gives them something beautiful to look at or gives them um, something creative to think about or gives them uh, something to do themselves, then they really do embrace it in a, in a large way. So there's been tremendous success with the marketing on Instagram. Um, we see other visual platforms starting to integrate marketing as well. And again, though usually there is some backlash in the onset of those introductions, um, usually we do see millennial female users embrace that over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we come back, I want to ask you a little bit about which brands are engaging millennial women in the right ways um, and some some best practices there, some of which you've already spoke to a little bit. And then when it comes to influencing millennial women, who's having the biggest impact on those decisions? So more from Mary Lee Bliss from Y-Pulse in just a moment. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. 
Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile Presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Her Strings is back with the inside track of women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Bliss. She's a trends editor and strategic consultant at Y Pulse, which is a leading authority on millennials. And we were talking at the beginning about hashtags and the proliferation of hashtags among millennials and why some hashtags really take off while others kind of fall flat. Great, great thoughts on that. And if you're a brand company seeking to engage with millennials through Twitter, uh, you know, you, you need to pay attention to what Mary Lee had to say there. Uh, but now we've been talking more around uh, women specifically because they're the, the biggest users of social platforms, especially Facebook still being the behemoth out there, and how they're using these to engage with brands and they're they have various expectations of those relationships with brands um and i'm curious mary lee which brands out there do you think are engaging millennial women in the right ways and what can other brands learn from them so there are a lot of brands out there that are doing a great job of engaging millennial women and they are definitely doing that in a variety of different ways i think one of the first things that we try to tell brands when they're thinking about millennial women and how to speak to them is that, you know, this is a generation that is very used to being open with not just one another, but also their male counterparts about um, some intimate things. You know, this is a generation of sharers. They're starting to pull back a little bit about how much they share online, but they are a generation of sharers. Um, so first off, taking off the kid gloves and being a little bit more honest and blunt um, in how you frame your brand and what your brand can do for them is absolutely something that they're looking for. I think that in the last four years, uh, Kotex has done a really great job of that by kind of stripping away some of the cliches around feminine hygiene products and talking a little bit more um, in an upfront way and encouraging 
women to speak more bluntly about um, all the myths and misconceptions and kind of silly tropes that have been used in those commercials for so long, you know, women in white twirling on the beach and mysterious (laughs) blue liquid and, you know, we've seen it all. Um, And I think the brands that kind of see that as the old way of doing things and start to move forward and have a more honest conversation with millennial women are absolutely going to succeed with them. When you look at the engagement with, you know, a Kotex commercial uh, in which they're very honest and encourage abandoning those old tropes uh, to a stay-free commercial featuring those happy women running in the park or in a yoga class, um, the engagement even with the views online is very clear. Um, I think another great example in that category is tampon delivery service HelloFlow um, from last year mm-hmm. uh, with their really great commercial that went viral online uh, where the little girl declared herself Camp Dino and, you know, was mm-hmm. very frank. Um, it was called the best tampon ad in the history of the world by someone online. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, very rewarded for its honesty and its openness. Um, a, a huge amount of awareness for this tiny brand. Um, and their sales absolutely benefited from that. So that's one way um, that we really say to engage with millennial women is to stop, you know, treating them as though they're glass figurines and start treating them as though they're people because that's how they see themselves first and foremost is people, not uh, necessarily all about their femininity. And I think the mm-hmm. second piece of that is to, to not pink wash your marketing. You know, they don't want to see seas of pink. Um, they really are not the same women that have been uh, – marketed to in in the past. So you do have to change your perspective there as well. When you're looking at uh, marketing to millennial parents, remember that it is marketing to millennial parents, not just millennial moms. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you are speaking to just millennial moms, I think Johnson's Baby has done a great job of this, being honest about it not being an easy experience (laughs) and, you know, Mm -hmm. not always being sure of what you're doing is is a really great way, acknowledging those insecurities and kind of reassuring them that everything's going to be okay. Um, I think that's a really great way to engage them as well. Well, your point about millennial women seeming to respect that honest, frank dialogue, I think actually bodes well for other generations. I mean, I'm not a millennial. I'm a Gen Xer, but I certainly appreciated the Hello Flow um, campaign for that very reason. I mean, I grew up in the pink washing conversation for, <laughs> for decades. And so that, that actually repositioned that brand for me. I'm just curious in general, do you think these expectations that millennial women are, are kind of asking of brands is good for everyone, no matter their generation? I think that absolutely it can be seen that way. And we often, um, see some resistance from brands or some belief that if they go after millennials or target millennial consumers, that they're going to um, isolate or, you know, push out the other generations. When what we often see is true is that what millennials are asking for and, you know, kind of demanding by opting out of brands who aren't giving it to them is mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that many other consumer groups would like as well. Um, so they're not necessarily bad things. They're things that people might um, really enjoy, but millennials are just a little bit more engaged with brands or um, apologies to Gen Xers who might be listening, get paid attention to a little bit more by marketers. Um, so their demands are responded to a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The squeaky wheel, right? <laughs> and all That's that good great. stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Uh, so last but certainly not least, I mean, since you do have the pulse of millennial women, what hot trends are you monitoring right now? Well, there's a lot of stuff, of course, going on um, with millennial women. I think one of the interesting things um, that is happening we see happening with millennial women from teens on um, is a demand for a more transparent and, uh, and natural beauty in their marketing. Um, so what I mean is, you know, the anti-photoshopping movements that we see. And um, I think what's really interesting about that and relating to, you know, whether things that millennials are demanding can appeal to the broader outside generations um, Yes, you know, this is not just one age group here that's demanding or asking that, you know, the intense manipulation of women women's images be toned down, at least, if not stopped altogether. Um, so what's something interesting that we hear from millennial women is that they still trust brands like Dove, um, who have been doing the natural beauty campaign for what seems like eons, but because they're consistent in that message and update it um, according to what's going on in pop culture uh, in, in that current moment. For example, their last uh, campaign was about selfies. Um, that they are able to really capture millennial women continuously um, by, with that natural beauty and real beauty message because that's something that millennial women really are attracted to right now and they're, they're wanting that. We see that with um, no makeup selfies becoming really popular online. Um, and, you know, becoming a little bit less involved maybe with beauty products that have um, a lot of ingredients and trying DIY substitutes. That's definitely something that's happening as well. Um, something else that we see going on with millennial women, and I would say especially younger millennials, is a real interest in coding computers and tech, so STEM research um, to how to code um, HTML and beyond um, is really becoming something that millennial women are interested in um, and want to learn more about. Um, and I think that is a shift, or at least a shift in perception, that is really important, that these are women who who have this knowledge or are gaining this knowledge on an increasing basis and, and want to be involved in that world. Um, so brands that are able to recognize that and to shine a spotlight on them, um, that's a really great way to engage millennial women. I think any time that you can encourage the strides forward that they are making, um, because they are the most gener ge educated generation of women <laughs> to date, and they are mm -hmm. going to be the you know primary breadwinners in so many of their households, um, these are major steps forward, and, and they're continuing that. Um, so I think any time that a brand can really uh, recognize that and um, shine a spotlight on it, they'll be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, tons to think about. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I could talk about millennials and specifically millennial women for a very long time. I just I feel like there's so much we can learn from them, uh, especially for marketers, because brands should pay attention to and apply against variety of different generations. Just, um, I think it's just a very fresh approach. And I appreciate your insights. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I welcome everyone to check out Mary Lee's company called Y Pulse Y, the letter Y, P U L S E dot com. Learn more about Y Pulse and everything that they can bring to bear on your company uh, when it comes to engaging with millennials. Thanks to my producer, George. And please join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. Thank you. 
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.